everyone. Welcome back to episode 11 of Pieces from Prison podcast. I am Ariel and this is my sister and co-host Adriana. Hi. And we hope everyone had a great Labor Day. We, both Nana and I, were lucky enough to have it off and just have a day to kind of relax, but we didn't want to keep you guys from any of these stories So we hope you enjoy this week's episode. So the man in this letter is incarcerated for assault on a police officer, uh, two counts of home invasion, and two counts of larceny. Um, So he starts off by saying, I felt that I was raised not necessarily better, but with more opportunities than most and wanted for less. My childhood was great. Family vacations, a lot of outdoor activities. We were always involved in any and every sport. I stay in close contact with my family. My sister is my rock and has been there for me since day one. I do speak to my brothers from time to time, but their sights tend to stay focused on the street life more often than not. The same types of people that I hung around in the street. Not all of them were bad people. Most were caught up in the circumstances of life. A majority of them had passed away from drug overdose, one or two killed by gun violence, some addicted to a drug and looking and doing bad, and some either in the feds or in and out of jail. There are very few that were living the street life and switched for the better. I call one friend from time to time who is that exception to the rule, and we reminisce and speak on how blessed we are to be where we are. In a way, I do believe my environment has something to do with the people I chose to hang around, because even though I was raised and taught to do the right thing, naturally, as a young black man raised in a small, hick town, I was more comfortable hanging with people who looked like me. It wasn't until high school that I realized sometimes people truly judge you off your actions and not just your looks. But by then, those bonds were already built with kids and people of bad reputation. And I'm loyal to my friends. I'm a big believer in everything happening for a reason, and the situation that I'm in now may have saved my life, so I feel blessed. So he said he started going down the wrong path around 11th to the 12th grade. I was always somewhat of a sports standout, so more and more people came around. Being that I grew up around more street individuals, when those people came around more, I took to it like a duck to water. When it comes to loyalty, it means everything to me, so I always gave those near me my loyalty. I don't blame no one but myself for the position I'm in. Yes, my stepbrother testified against me, but I was at fault for my own actions. He chose to save himself and in doing so betrayed me. I have no ill will towards him, but a person who shows me their disloyalty will never be able to earn my favor again. So I asked him to go into a little bit more detail about his crime because a lot of the time I can easily Google their name and like I can get a couple news stories or like find the case the case mm-hmm. online, but I couldn't find anything on him. So, yeah, I, mean, I was going to ask that. I'm a little bit interested to hear about what happened. 
Me too. And I'm interested, I mean, him saying that he was testified against by his own stepbrother. Yeah. That seems rare. So he says, I'm the youngest boy. I have three older brothers on my dad's side of the family, and I have three older brothers on my mother's side. I have one sister who is younger than I, and we have the same parents. When I was explaining how the guy told slash lied on me, and I was saying he's my stepbrother, well, he's more of a half-brother, but being that he was older, our relationship wasn't as strong as my other siblings. When I was younger, I always wanted to follow behind him and my other brothers. When I was around eight to nine, he got locked up and sent to prison for 12 years. During that time, there was a disconnect being that I was young and didn't know too much about being incarcerated. Once he was released, I had already created my own lane and doing things independently. So him seeing that I had my own shit and usually stayed around plenty of females. So naturally he flocked around more and more. No, I don't claim to be a player or a saint. As I said prior, the street shit came naturally. So I started doing illegal shit more and more. As he started coming around, I began giving him things, a little cash here and there, clothes, even hooking him up with a girl that he was with when he testified on me. So one day, he keeps wanting to hit a lick so he can get some money, and foolishly, I finally cave and set something up. It was a small time, but something easy in which the chances of him getting caught are slim. So he hits the lick, but like a fool, comes directly to my house, and the police followed him. Even though the police found the stolen property in his car, in his possession, and even though he was parole at the time... Being that they knew I'd been doing so much illegal shit, they went along with his lie knowing it wasn't true. He told them that I admitted to the crime while we were in the holding cell. First and foremost, I didn't need to admit shit because he knew his part in it all, and he chose to do so just like I did. And second, I was never in any holding cell with him, in which the security cameras from the jail could have proved that But when I asked my attorney to request them for the trial, the jail acted as if they didn't know what I was talking about. Hmm. He says, I understood that he had just come home from doing 12 years. So as a brother, I was going to take the charge for him. But then I was given his statement where he was putting it all on me. So I said, fuck it, I'll fight it. More so out of disbelief that he was snitching. I lost a trial off his false statements it was giving 15 to 30 years for a stolen television as i sit in here with a white guy that blinks across the hall who got sentenced to eight years for shooting and killing someone with a shotgun so that alone shows a disparity in the sentencing between a black man and a white man in michigan that i believe that me too I mean, the story is already hard because it's like his brother gets home. I feel like even though you think something is wrong, if someone in your family is like, you know, asking you to do something, I can see how it'd be hard to be like, no, especially since he's already been involved in some illegal activity, like he said. But then to have him, I mean, I guess allegedly turn against him and kind of put everything 
on him. And so he was sentenced to how long, did you say again? Um, 15 to 30 years. Yeah, that's a lot. I'm guessing it was like breaking and entering. Well, you said there were some other things too. Yeah. And I do ask him about that here in a minute. But he says, I wouldn't say prison has changed me because I always knew right from wrong. Prison has opened my eyes to the way of men in our society. It also has opened my eyes to the fact that I was going further and further down the wrong path. And prison saved me before I made a mistake I couldn't take back. Adjusting in prison was easy for me in some areas and harder in most. I've always been a people person, so it's sometimes a blessing and a curse that I naturally befriend people from all walks of life. Show fear and these animals smell it. But I've always been good with my hands, being that I was raised in a city where fighting with hands was more common than guns. Being away from my loved ones is the hardest. Knowing this time I will never be able to get back is a sobering thought. Because we only get one life to live and we must live it to our fullest. So as we were saying before, um, and as everyone can probably tell, there are a lot of things that he said in this letter that we've heard from a number of different people before. One being, and going back to the beginning of the letter, he mentions being a product of his environment. Um, Almost all of our letters mention something similar And then two, like you said earlier, he was wanting to be loyal to his family. Um, And I believe it was the last letter we talked about a man who was trying to help his cousin that he barely knew because he was lied to and told that he had warrants and he needed help. And he did everything his cousin told him to, which ended up landing him years and years and years in prison and just like this story he helped his brother who had just gotten out of prison himself he helped him to commit a crime and was going to take the charge for him anyways but then finds out that he pinned it all on him anyways yeah it's definitely like the blood is thicker than water i was surprised that he said i I was gonna take it for him anyway i don't know that was surprising to me and he, he, I know I didn't mention it here, but like he, his, that part where he was like, I am very loyal to my friends. That part was in all caps. Like, I mean, he is kind of proves it right there. Yeah. And from the way he describes his crime, it does not sound like he is really a danger. So was he more of setting it up instead of actually doing the crime? Or do we know that? It sounded like he was just. He didn't actually commit the crime himself. But as I mentioned, he has um, assault on a police officer. So I was wondering where that was put into play. But he explains that by saying, The assault on an officer goes back deeper than that. When I was 18, I ran from the cops. So if you run from them, they say that you either pulled away from them or they slipped and fell or hurt themselves by chasing you. So that way they are able to charge you with assault, resisting, and obstructing. Concerning the first case, yes, I ran, and yes, I was guilty of assault, resisting, and obstructing in their eyes. Concerning the one I was charged with in this case, no. If you were to look deeper into the court records, 
You will see the same officer months prior had been harassing me, locking me up, and following me. Even more so, he came to a party that I was at. When I answered the door, he pushed me inside the house, claiming he saw drugs on the table through the window. There were some people there who had warrants, so of course they ran, but this officer cuffed me, searched the house, and then said he didn't find anything and let me go. The very next morning, I went to the police station and made a complaint on that officer in which I was told I had to come back later on his shift. One month later, he and four to five other officers surrounded my sister's house and arrested me at 11 at night, saying that I had assaulted him on that night he came to the party. When I go to court at the preliminary examination, he takes the sand and my lawyer catches him in a lie. He first said I pushed him, which is why he cuffed me. Second, he said he found heroin in the house and it tested positive. Then he said he flushed the heroin after he tested it. So the co- so he, so the cop is saying that he flushed drugs down the toilet? Yeah. Um, my lawyer asked him, who gave you the permission to destroy evidence if it did test positive? Yeah. Why put it in the police report if you are going to destroy it? And second, if my client assaulted you, as you say, why would you let him go that night and only report it after he made a complaint? Yeah. So he says, I swear to you on my grandfather's life, when that officer got to tripping over his words, the judge was like, we're going to take a recess. I was the only person left in the courtroom for five to ten minutes. And then the bailiff enters and hands me this paper, which says dismissed. Um, So fast forward, that same officer sees me coming out of the bar. Mind you, I had two to three other run-ins with him between the dismissal and this case. Anyhow, he catches me leaving the bar with friends, and he says I had a misdemeanor warrant. As I laughed and said, yeah, right, I remember turning and being shot in the head with a taser. I woke up in the hospital with five cops around me and was later taken to jail. I was then later charged with assault resisting and obstructing being that it was the same officer who just got caught lying on me when the case got dismissed i asked for a trial and subpoenaed the judge who dismissed it to verify my story once i subpoenaed the judge not even a day later they offered me a plea i was to plead no contest and they will suspend the sentence for a year and then later dismiss it I, as a foul, took the plea because I was just tired of dealing with them and the courthouse. I didn't know that the same plea enhanced my sentence in this case. Also, this is a mini rant that I think all officers should have body cams on them that are turned on whenever they have any interaction with someone. Like, there should be proof and evidence, and if you are making an arrest that you feel is warranted you should be able to provide you should not be afraid to show um you know what happened and say that you stand behind your actions and it's also like when he said they couldn't find the cameras from when he was in the holding cell you're in a police station i feel like you should have working cameras that are being recorded and easily accessible yeah i agree Um, I'm trying to see when he, when all of this happened. Let me see. Because I'm, I'm wondering if that has something to do with, like, Mm. them not having 
body cams. So if this was years ago or something. If, if um, you know, yeah, I think this might be in the 90s. So. Well, I guess it's just a case to show that, like, good thing to have. I know. A lot of, a lot of police departments don't have them still. But, yeah, I, I agree. I know. And I, I believe him. Like, the way he writes everything out and, like, tells the full story. It is already, um, just, like, raises eyebrows that he had so many run-ins with this one particular officer. I think that's kind of, like, weird. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, that is it for that letter. Do you have any follow-up questions you're going to ask? Are you staying in contact with him? I am staying in contact with him. I'm doing my best to, like, talk to everybody week to week. Because I do do have a busy schedule. So, like we've always said before, if anyone wants to pick up a pen pal, you should do it. There's two websites, writeaprisoner.com and Pentacon, that you can go through there, read through their profiles, see what crime they're incarcerated for, and... Just talk to someone in prison. I know that getting letters makes their day. So if anyone has questions for the man in this letter, um, reach out to us on our website or on our Instagram. Our website is pfppodcast.com and our Instagram and TikTok is at pieces from prison pod. If you get a hold of us on there, we can get your questions from you and get some answers and this one is actually on email not snail so he'll probably get back to us very soon so and yes since it's labor day i was just thinking it's not too late and you can take some time to educate yourself on how we all benefit from prison labor true i am going to do some research on that right after we get done with this episode. Thank you for bringing that up. Okay, so that is it for this episode. Um, thank you guys for listening. As I said, you can get in contact with us at our website, bfppodcast.com. Please rate us on Apple Podcasts so we know how we're doing. Um, follow us on Spotify and subscribe to us on Apple so you know when new episodes are being released. And we will be back next week with an all-new episode thank you and have a good week bye